who's got internet that's never lagging? Whose groceries do their own bagging? Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging? They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon. Welcome back, you bunch of Jack Wagons. As always, this is Nick. And this is George. And we're we're back with another episode for you guys tonight. Um, lots and lots to get to. Should be a great episode. Uh, we are both very excited. To start out, I'm going to explain a couple things to Nick about Major League Baseball. Because Nick doesn't know anything. Yeah. So, um, for our listeners out there, uh, the MLB today went into a lockout. Um, this is their ninth lockout since uh, the players' unit has started, which I feel like is just a ridiculous number. But um, so ninth lockout has started today. Um, yeah, that. Hold on a second. Like that just now sank in. That, <laughs> yeah, that does seem like a lot. I think the, the NFL. I remember the NFL had their big one, but I think that's the only one they've had. Um, the NHL, I, I know, has had at least like two, you know, maybe more. Um, I don't know of any NBA lockouts. Yeah, uh, I know of definitely one, but I think two. Okay. Um. But yeah, so the MLBW number nine is just outrageous. Um, but yeah, so it started today, which as of right now, it shouldn't affect any games. They're, they're thinking it should end before the season starts. It might impact spring training, um, but a lot of experts uh, predict that'll be the longest it goes. Um, the big things on the docket uh, that they're arguing back and forth over, um, first and foremost, uh, the players want to get paid more at younger ages. Um, the MLB is fighting them on this because they're like, listen, there's no salary cap, so you get paid what you're worth, um, especially the better you are. But uh, it all comes down to uh, service time. So in the MLB, uh, you have to have six years of service time in the major leagues uh, to, be, to be able to become a free agent. So what's happening is, is say you have a really good prospect on the Orioles, right? Um, mm-hmm. They'll bring him up. And he he's playing really well, but the team still sucks. So, um, in order for him not to get any service time, um, which you need six years of service time, like I said, 172 days, and that could be you need to be on an active roster or the uh, injured list, and in the MLB, not in the the minor leagues, it has to mm-hmm. be in the MLB. Um, so for 172 days, so they can keep him up for 171 days. And like I said, he, he could be really, really good, but the team is just terrible. And so what they'll do is they'll send him back down to the minors on day 172, and now he doesn't have a year, mm. if, if that makes sense. So then the next year, it all starts over again. Yeah. And so you know they'll do that, and it's, it's called service time manipulation, and it's like a big sticking point with a lot of you know, people in the players' union because, I mean, the owners are just taking advantage of, of this, this rule. Yeah. And so, um, I feel like a lot of those guys, you know, they're being held in these, you know, beginning contracts or whatever, or with a certain team for, you know, six years or whatever. And a lot of people that doesn't end until they're 30. And then by that time, like, I mean, not that you're washed up, but I mean, your prime is probably behind you. Yeah. And so, you know, at that point from then on, they're just making less and less money as they go, unless you're like a, a ridiculously good player. Um, so. The, the players' union really wants to get that changed. Uh, they they want some less service time, but just to begin with, they want um, younger players when they first come into the league to get bigger paychecks um, because every, everything nowadays is so analytically driven. Like, everybody looks at numbers when you're making trades or you're signing free agents, and if a team is messing with your um, service time the way a lot of them do, and you get put on like a lower roster spot or whatever, you don't hit in, in the order where you should be, things like that, and then you play worse, that affects what kind of money you're going to get in, in free agency and, you know, when you sign new deals. Yeah. And and so the Players Union really wants to advocate for, you know, a little bit more fairness when it comes to that. Uh, a couple other things on the docket uh, is the MLB wants to expand postseason to 14 teams. Um, kind of... To just add that uh, some some elements of uh, surprise, I guess, uh, and, and put a bigger 
reward for winning more games. So the number one seed on each side will get a buy. Um, and rather than have a wild card play-in game, which they do right now, um, so I don't know if you're aware of this, so what happens when they get to the end of the season, you have the three divisional winners, they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you have two wild card teams, and they go to what's called a wild card playoff. It's a one game playoff. The winner is into the playoffs. The loser goes home. Mm-hmm. So the MLB wants to get rid of that, and have just the wild card teams get in, almost like the NFL. Like okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the number one seed on, on both sides, the NL and the AL, gets a bye, and then the two division winners will play the two wild card teams. Um, which honestly, I think is a better idea. Um, like the wild card game was added a lot of excitement at first, but now I mean you're the one wild card team would be really good, and you know they just finished second in the division because the division winner is the best you know overall team. Like that's happened a lot, and then yeah, I mean granted it it's not that it's unfair, but it's like you kind of wanted to see what else they could do that postseason, and you're just letting it up to one game. So I I I'm in favor of this. I I think it'll be a little bit more entertaining. And it'll put a bigger emphasis on winning the most games in the year if you want that first round buy, rather than yeah. just, oh hey we won and now we have to play a wild card team or whatever. Because um, the way they have it right now is the number one overall seed plays the winner of the wild card and two and three play each other. So, mm-hmm. um, I I think it'll be good for baseball. I I hope that gets passed. Um, another thing they're talking about adding is a pitch clock, which I think is really stupid. I don't want it. Uh, and they want to. Put a cap on the amount of pitchers you can have on a roster, which I also think is really stupid. The MLB in the past few years has really pushed for this faster pace of play, but it comes out every year that their pace of play is getting slower, no matter what what they try to implement here. And I really don't understand like how they're not grasping this concept yet. And and at this point, it's just starting to kill the game overall. Is you're trying to speed things up so much, and then they in- introduce replay, which it was needed for the most part. But coaches abuse it, like, so regularly, and, and so do the umps, that it's just, it's kind of ridiculous that you're like, oh, we need faster pace of play, but we're going to let this keep happening. Um, yeah. And this year, with the, the, the foreign substance checks that they just let run uh, wild, it, it just gets more ridiculous every year. Um, the pace of play doesn't need to get get faster. Listen, you're either going to watch baseball or you're not. It, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. If the game takes two hours or four hours, either you like baseball, you're going to sit there and watch it, or you're not. Like, And I understand that baseball is a very hard sport to watch on TV. I, I actually agree with that. I don't follow it as closely on TV as I should. I, usually the only time I watch is if the Yankees are playing or if it's the postseason. Other than that, like I'm not just flipping through the channels. And, oh, hey, a baseball game's on. I'll sit here and watch it. Yeah. Um. And and I don't think it's really anything Major League Baseball can fix, unless they bring back. And honestly, I, at this point, I don't care. Like, just bring back the steroid era. Like, just just let players do whatever. Like, I want to see how far a human can hit a baseball at this point. Like, yeah, why not? That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, and then you you, you had so many more fights because everybody was roid raging back then. Like, <laughs> I'll never forget. I believe it was the 2000 World Series. Mike Piazza breaks his bat and it goes like rolls towards Roger Clemens. Like, there is no way you could, like, do that on purpose and get your broken bat to go towards the pitcher. And Clemens picks up his, like, the broken piece of the bat and chucks it at Mike Piazza. And I remember watching that going, what the hell? <laughs> but, like, I mean, that was so exciting at the time. And Yeah, but. And, and attendance was through the roof. TV numbers were through the roof. It's like, you know what, honestly, at this point, why not? Yeah. Like, and it, it, it has nothing for me to do with the sanctity of the game, I guess. Like, that that went out the window in the 90s. And then, especially in the early 2000s, when, once they caught on to steroids, they would only pick and choose who they wanted to go to. Or, you know, I, I, unless things got leaked to the press, and they were like, well, why aren't you doing anything about this? Then they would be like, oh, okay. Hey, you're suspended for 80 games. Like, the MLB has become such a, such a sham. Like, at this point, why not? Just Just do it. Yeah, that's what I'm like. You can't argue that it gives an unfair advantage if everybody's doing it. Everybody's yeah, like like if let, it's a choice, you yeah. either choose to have the advantage and a tiny penis or not have the advantage. Yeah, and it's like 
you know, let him use steroids. Let him use a spider attack or pitching substances, whatever they want to do. I don't care. That or instead of creating a new football league every other year to try and compete with the NFL, which I, I want to talk about that here in a minute too. But let's just do it with baseball. Like we'll, we'll, we'll come up with a cool name for it. And you can do steroids. You can do use spider. T- like, I don't care. Like, let's just do some crazy stuff and just see what happens. Yeah. And then, like, if you want to jeopardize your health, then, like, I'm going to make you sign a waiver. Like, hey, I understand what I'm doing, and I'm okay with it. I'm going to go do this and go play baseball the way, you know, I want to. And just, why not? Like, yeah. I, I honestly, God, want to see how far a baseball can go off the, the bat of a freaking roided out jerk. Like, yeah, it, dude, and at, at that point, like, your only competition is the MLB, but, like, you're not, like, or, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you would compete with the MLB, what I'm trying to say is, like, really, all you'd have to do is beat out the minor leagues, which you're already going to be more entertaining, like, yeah. I'd start watching, Yeah. and I don't know if I've ever watched a game of baseball on the TV in my life. But um, no, like really quick, just to get to like the the XFL and I, I, they just announced that the USFL is coming back. That's gonna be the next brand to try and restart. Um, I, I I'm mad was, that COVID destroyed the XFL. I am too because they were actually doing pretty well. Yeah, like they they had really good numbers. COVID destroyed it. Um, and then you know Vince McMahon, you know, kind of did some shady stuff and just backed out of the deal. Hmm. Um, they got a new backer with The Rock, and then. They got into talks with the CFL buying them out for the CFL to use it as like a developmental league. Um, so that's it's not that it's dead, it's just on yeah. hold. I mean, it might be dead at this point. I haven't heard anything about it in I think like a year, but um, either way, and the beer snakes. Oh my god, yeah, snakes? yes, sir. And and it, it, like that kind of like started in the MLB, but it wasn't like picking up, and then they started doing it there. But like the TV brought so much attention to it, like, oh my god, look at these fans out here. Like, I think it was the first week Washington was playing. <laughs> and like every other play, they like went away. They didn't care about the game. They're like over there looking. And like, oh my god, look at this beer snake. Um, yeah, dude. And like, and that's why I loved it. Yeah, like because it they, was just they let people the fans be the fun. fans. Yeah, they let the fans be fans, and you know they gave you such in depth looks and everything going on. Like you could hear the coordinator talking to the quarterback on the field. Like I thought that was really cool. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like was they were like were big on this, and I get it was their sponsorship. But like they were all like chugging seltzers in the locker room. I'm like, no grown two hundred or three hundred fifty pound lineman is gonna sit there and drink a Bud Light seltzer. Like, come on. Now. Yeah. But yeah, at the shake that, it up, dump it over your face to make it look good. The XFL was the closest one to like fully succeeding. Um, I I believe it was the, was it the AFL? Which which one was the year before that? Um, uh, I can't remember the the uh, the initials for that one. Was it AFL? Might have been. Might have been. I think I, you might be right. Um. But that one was just it was football rule. There was nothing special about that. Like it was it was literally just the same thing that you just got done watching for seven months in the NFL and college, and it's just redone. And it, it, there was nothing special about it. And I don't know what the USFL's you know play style is going to be or whatever. They just announced the teams. Um, I think if you're going to succeed, and this is what the XFL did that they did really well, was they picked markets. They, that either had really bad teams or that didn't have football anymore. And that's why a lot of people, I think, rallied around those teams. With USFL, and I, I again, I, I'm blanking on the name, um, but the other league, they just picked already established football cities. I think the the wildest one was, like, Memphis. And, like, other than that, they're, like, they're still playing in Dallas. And, granted, the XFL did have a team in Dallas. But other than that, I think the only other big market they were in was L.A. and Washington. And granted, like, the, the Washington football team, I think, is starting to get back in favor, some favor with fans. Um, I don't know. You, you, you could debate that more. But I wouldn't call that a large market team, especially when they're surrounded by Baltimore and Philly and Pittsburgh. Like, all those teams are, like, three, four hours away from each other. So, um, but I'm not super excited to see the USFL. I mean, I would definitely check it out and watch it. I think just the issue is every team or every league tries to do it like two weeks after the Super Bowl's over. It's like, bro, I don't. I just got done watching football for seven months. Like, I could use a break. Yeah, and I like, think that's... I love football and I miss it. Come like middle of the summer, yeah. but 
Like, I do need a break. Give me a league that starts in like May, May, May through July. Like that's all I need. I'm, yeah. but I mean at that point too, like it ends in July. Football preseason starts in August. So it's just like the NFL and college football seasons are too long to accommodate for uh, another football league to be out there. Like I, I get what a lot of them are doing. Like oh, people are getting tired of watching the NFL because of the anthem protests or whatever BS reason they were using. But at the end of the day, it's you're still going through like five months of football, six months of football, and it's just like okay, and and I think the NFL does enough like between the draft and you have all this free agency news and all the, the training camps and stuff yeah. to keep fans engaged. It it's just not an an accommodatable market. I don't even know that's a word. Um, it is now <laughs> accommodatable, and um to let another league prosper. Like if the NFL had. 13 to 15 weeks and then playoffs and then it's over then i would say okay yeah let's do a league march through july or may through or april through july yeah and then i think that would be perfect and even like maybe partner with the nfl like hey people that didn't get drafted go play in this league we get to see yeah like a g play. yeah we get to see i've been saying that for years yeah i think that would be the best way to do it um yeah or like even shorter like maybe april through the end of may that's two months that's eight games you could have eight teams um everybody plays each other once and then you have a playoff like and then like i said those guys that didn't get drafted they go play there you get to see what they look like on a football field you know hard hitting play flying around with other same level opponents and it hey i want to sign you to my practice squad give you a tryout whatever i think that'd be more beneficial but yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to do that, just because everybody's going at it through the eyes of, "Hey, we're trying to compete with the NFL." Like, you're not, you're not ever going to compete. Like yeah, that was the it, biggest problem in the '80s. I think it was the USFL was the biggest non-NFL league, and then Donald Trump comes in and goes, "Nope, we're going to move to the fall and we're going to compete head to head with the NFL." And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> like, no matter what your thoughts are on it, you're not. Yeah, um, just, but that, that's because enough. the NFL. It's all about it's all about the entertainment, the best players in the world, bro. Nobody wants this. Like nobody wants to watch second rate football players. Yeah, like there's a reason that these guys aren't in the NFL. The TV. Yeah. Um, the the one league I don't know if they still I they were huge when I was a kid or when we were kids, and I think they still have it at the Arena Football League. The Arena Football League was do, yeah, actually, dope. No, I oh know my they god, do. I loved it. I, I was, I'm pretty sure they still do. It's just, it's not as well known. Um, no, but yeah, but they do because uh, I know Philly has a team because their arena is like right on the river. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember the Arena had a, a, a video game. I love that video game so much. I would just flip people over the boards all day. It was. Bro, so I cool. never knew it had a video game. Oh yeah, it was. It was. I think it was like a one year deal with EA Sports. Um, the hardest thing to understand was the, the field goals because you had to make. I never understood, and I would just like line it up in between the uprights and kick it. Oh no, you had to get into like a special box and everything. I'm like, bro, what? And so like for the first like month I played it, I'm like, why am I not getting extra points? And here I'm like <laughs> kicking it over the top upright. I'm like, oh my god, it was so frustrating. Jeez, yeah, uh, I never understood the kicking either. Yeah, but um, yeah, I, I need to get back into that. The the I think it was the Philadelphia Soul. Uh, the New Orleans Voodoo. That was my favorite team. Yeah. Because every time they scored a touchdown, the guy would Voodoo. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, hey, what we, were we even talking about? I, I, we started with the MLB, and somehow we ended up on freaking arena football. <laughs> talking about arena football. Um, we're like YouTube, bro. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, quick news uh, in the college football world. Um, so with all the, the – Job openings now. Oklahoma's still open. Uh, Auburn's hiring a new offensive coordinator. Um, the name Tom Herman popped up, and we talked about him in the one episode. He was the ex-head coach at Texas. Mm. Um, so his name got brought up naturally with a lot of coaching jobs. So a couple newspapers and websites reached out to him and said, hey, do you are you considering coming back? Like, what's going on? Uh, he flat out said no, and I'm going to tell you why he said no, Nick. Would you give up? Would you give up six point five million dollars next year and six point seven five million dollars a year after that, um, to basically do nothing for the Chicago Bears? 
Uh, oh, just yeah. to come back. I seen football. something about that because if he yeah. goes back to college, he gets nothing. Yeah, so he's getting paid six point five million dollars next year, uh, and six point seven five in twenty twenty three, um, and that that's his buyout from Texas. But the only um, stipulation of that is he can't coach anywhere else in college. Yeah. So if he would come back, you know, to take the Oklahoma job or to be the offensive coordinator at Auburn, those payments stop, and he just loses, you know, almost. Oh uh, yeah, over thirteen million dollars. Yeah. So he's like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm just gonna be an analyst for the Bears for the next two years and just take in this money. I get to see my family on the weekends." You know, he's like, oh, "I'm not in any rush to get back to college." Yeah, no, like, so, he's he's living good. He's yeah, but I I just saw this. Like, I knew his buyout was huge because uh, I knew like they signed him to a really big deal and they bought him out super early, which again they were so stupid for. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw those numbers. I just went, "Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't." do anything either um and other coaching news uh it's not official yet a lot of people said it was um but notre dame has not officially announced it but marcus freeman i forgot his name the other night he is currently the defensive coordinator at notre dame um but he had meetings with the notre dame ad uh things apparently went really well and he is in line to be the next head coach at notre dame uh they've retained most of that coaching staff too um I want to go on a quick rant about Brian Kelly because I don't think I, I, I dissed <laughs> him enough again. the other night. Like, I, I focused way too much on Lincoln Riley, but not enough on on Brian Kelly. And, like, everything, like, so much has come out in the past few days since he left, too, about just how much of a scumbag he is. <laughs> and I was just, like, when he was at Central Michigan, uh, Matt LaFleur, who is now the Packers head coach, was one of his grad assistants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who else was there. But he invited them to this party, apparently. And they showed up, found out that they weren't supposed to be at the party. They were there to work the party. So he had them shovel snow and park cars. And then when people are leaving, he had them bring their cars back. I'm like, all right, that's a dude. Like, you don't do that to grad assistants. Like, you, you hire actual valets to do that. And, like, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't pay them either. He was just like, oh, you're a grad assistant. You're going to do whatever I tell you. Right. Um, so that's D-bag move number one. But... Like, no positive news has has come out about him since this happened. I, I believe he's 100% a full-fledged coward for leaving the way he did. Yeah. You know, for saying that, all oh, you know, it's it's going to take a fairy godmother and all this money, whatever. Well, then you just leave. And now he might have ruined Notre Dame's chances to get into the playoffs. Because the college football committee came out and said, listen, we take, you know, a head coaching situation into context when we're ranking these teams. So now, yeah. you know, you might have possibly cost them a spot in the in the playoffs because you're like, eh, I'm going to go coach at LSU. Which, by the way, I believe LSU is the only SEC school he's ever beaten. He might have beat Georgia once. I think he did the one year they hosted Georgia. Actually, no, I'm pretty sure they lost that too. I might be wrong. But you, as a coach, you couldn't hang with the SEC at a school where you recruited some of the best players in the country. Yeah. And now you think you're going to go to the SEC and coach a school that doesn't have the greatest track record in recruiting. Like, the only way you got Joe Burrow was through a transfer, and Ed Ogeron just being a god-tier man is, like, eating crawfish and be like, all right, what do you want? Like, you can't convince me that he can go to the SEC now and be a competitive coach out there. No, like, I don't. And I think he just ruined every shred of legacy he would have he created at Notre Dame. Like, he became their winningest coach all time and all this other stuff. And I think he's in like the top five winningest coaches in you know college football history. I I think all that has gone out the window now that he got into LSU, and he's not going to succeed just like Lincoln Riley, but for different reasons. And it's because he's not good enough to coach in the SEC, and that's been completely evident. By every time he plays the SEC, he just gets curb stomped, a lot like Lincoln Riley, and yeah. it, it just baffles me that he's like, yep, you know what, I can go do this. Like you have a team ready to make the playoffs for the third time in, like, five years. And you're just like, nope, I'm going to leave for a subpar team that doesn't even, like, they've been around for years. They, I mean, since the beginning of college football, basically. <laughs> but they they don't have a legacy there, at least in my mind. Like, when I think LSU football, like, I remember when they won, I think it was the 07 championship with Saban. I remember when they blew the 11 championship uh, against Alabama. And, you know, they had one good year in 2019. Like, other than that, they've always been, like, a mid-to-top pack 
top of the pack SEC team. Yeah, they've they've been good, but kind of overshadowed, um, out recruited by some of the other teams. And quite honestly, I was just thinking about it while we were talking about it. Um, Joe Burrow really is like you said, transfer. Um, you know, he yeah, he had wep- some weapons around him, but yeah, like Jefferson and uh, I mean, obviously they brought Odell Beckham there. For, yeah, you know, Odell college, Beckham. But Fournette. they couldn't do anything with him. Um, but it's like you know, they've had sorry. talent. But. Yeah, and uh, you can't look me in the eye and tell me that you honestly think Brian Kelly can out recruit Nick Saban in the South. No, like no. he couldn't do it when he was at Notre Dame. Now, granted, it's you know the opposite side of the country or whatever, but still, with those two top tier programs, they can go wherever they want in the country to recruit, and he couldn't recruit him there. What makes you think he can do it at LSU? And yeah. en- and enough so to build a winning team to beat Alabama. There Notre is no Dame way. is like USC, like we talked about the other night, like historic, right? Uh, prestigious, like the Notre Dame football team is. But see the the one the difference, yeah. The difference between those two for me is so Notre Dame had a few rough years, especially under Charlie Weiss. Um, uh, for. Uh, Tyrone Willingham was a coach before that. He wasn't doing a terrible job. He was actually getting the program pointed in the right direction. And then, you know, they, they didn't like him. They fired him. They bring in Charlie Weiss. And that program was good for one year. They made it to the Fiesta Bowl. Got blown out by Ohio State. I think they actually made the, or the Sugar Bowl the next year. I'm not 100% sure. I remember they made it to two BCS games. After that, they were struggling to make bowls. And luckily, they fired him in time, and they brought in – and I'm not saying Brian Kelly's a bad coach. He's obviously a good coach. Like I said, he's led Notre Dame to the playoffs three of the last five years. Or, sorry, would have been three of the last five. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll have to see how it goes this year. Like, he, he came in, and he saved that program before it, it got to the point of where USC is. Like, Pete Carroll left USC, and they were in a bunch of trouble and stuff. He had all those sanctions. And they never, like, really recovered. Like, they had a couple pretty good years. They made it to the, the Rose Bowl with Sam Darnold against Penn State. But aside from that one year, like, they never had great teams. And, th- like, that program is still trying to find its its footing again. And that's why I, I said, you know, USC, the school, has fallen out of favor with recruits because it's not that blue-chip blue school anymore. It's not, yeah. like, a destination where kids growing up in California are like, bro, like I remember when USC was big. Like I want to, I want to go back there and redo that. Like to them now, like USC is like a, a scrub school. And, yeah, and, and so... that's like it's all about how you handle that. Like you were talking about the sanctions, I, and if you look at Penn State, like similar, but the way, um, really Bill O'Brien, um, and then into James Franklin, uh, kind of built, and you know now, granted, like. You could argue different stories, but still, like, Penn State's name was obviously tarnished hard, mm-hmm. and those two men were able to slowly build it back, Um, you know, to the point where they're about to have, maybe, they still might have, I don't know, I know it changes, Um, but I know last I checked, Penn State had the number one recruiting class for next year. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to get to the recruit, because they just released the, the top 40 again today, so we're going to get to that then, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. But yeah, um... And, you know, obviously USC did not go down that same path um, for whatever reasons. Uh, it's w- when you have sanctions of any kind, um, even if they're like um, even allegations, um, it can be hard to recover. Word of mouth is is devastating um, when it's negative and not, you know, you're not always able to recover from it. So uh, I'd like to see um, USC. Uh, I've had times where i've hated them in the past but regardless um you know i'd like to see them do well i don't think they're gonna uh, at least for the next couple years but hopefully eventually they can at least get close to returning to their former glory yeah um but i'm I'm done wasting time on on brian kelly now Uh, like i said i think he's a coward and i think he's making like i said just a really stupid decision like you you're bringing the top recruits in the country into Notre Dame, and you couldn't hang with SEC schools. Now you're going to go to an SEC school, and it's going to be really hard to bring in the recruits that you know you need in the South there. And I I just don't see him competing. I think I give it five years, he's fired. 
And the only reason I'm giving it five years is because of how big of a freaking contract he got. But yeah, at this point, five years, and I think he's out of there. Um, but we'll see. I was going to give him three. Oh, yeah. I would I would say three, but like I said, I think just because how big his contract is, is they're going to need to at least wait until year five. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, in NFL news, uh, Antonio Brown has been suspended for three games uh, for violating COVID pro- protocol. Um, now, they didn't announce that it was because of, you know, the alleged fake vaccine card. Um, they just said it's three games, no pay, because of violating COVID-19 protocols. Um, but big news for the Bucks there. They're going to be missing him the next three weeks. Uh, they, have, they have a tough schedule ahead. Uh, they have the Falcons this week. Um, you know, they're getting to the meat of their schedule now. So, um, but it is the Bucks. They played well without him. I, I don't think they're in tr- any, you know, real trouble. It's just it, it's never helpful when one of your best wide receivers gets benched for, for three games. Uh, moving on, uh, we just got some college basketball news. Uh, Georgia upset Memphis 82 to 79. Oklahoma upsets Florida 74 to 67. Utah Valley upset BYU 72 to 65. The reason I'm saying all these are upsets uh, because the, the teams losing are ranked teams to unranked teams. Um, UNC uh, gets you, back on track. They upset Michigan last night. Uh, yes, sir. It, it was back and forth at first, and then UNC just steamrolled them the second half, uh, 72 to 51. Uh, Monday, or excuse me, Tuesday night, Ohio State upsets Duke, 71 66. Yeah, uh, what, like, what the hell? That was a great game, though. And, <laughs> and we're, we're going to talk about it here in a minute, but um, Banchero is he's a great player. He puts up great numbers, but. It's kind of scary that your best player has to go miss time from games because of cramping. Um, I mean, what we can talk about right now. Yeah, he loses seven pounds a game. I don't know if you saw this, um, but it came out that he loses seven pounds a game from sweating. Oh my god. Um, I I don't I don't know, and it's not because he's in bad shape or anything like that. I, they haven't announced like what the actual condition Bro, or whatever whatever's going. Like if I went and played a basketball game right now, yeah. well, even when I was in shape, I probably did. Yeah. Some people just sweat. But um yeah, he's missed time in all their big games so far, Kentucky, Gonzaga, and Ohio State. Um he's had to go get IVs a few times. Uh Duke's um sports science program has came up with a special drink for him to try and reduce cramping. And it's helped a little bit, but like he gets so dehydrated that he just cramps up so bad that he has to go sit out. Um and Hold on, first of all, like I hate Duke, but that's awesome. Like <laughs> One of your sports team has a problem like that, and your science team's like, "Hey, we got you." Yeah, like, uh, we got you. It's all right. That's pretty dope. Um, yeah, it's it's called. Uh, I think it's like oxygenated water. Uh, hmm. I'm not scientific enough to, to know what that is. Yeah, and I, I'm not even gonna try. I barely passed ninth grade science class. I'm not even gonna try chemistry. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it he's projected to be like the number one pick this year. And some scouts have come out and said, like, oh, yeah, you know what? We're not really worried about it. But some of the owners are like, I mean, it's a little worrisome. Like, Yeah. It's not enough for them to, like, take, you know, the number two overall pick over him just because, you know, hey, he, he's got some issues. Just because he's that good of a player. And he is. Uh, I, I It was a Gonzaga game I watched a little bit of. And it, it's like watching him is just like, oh, damn. Like, Yeah, he's a baller. It's, it's a lot like watching Zion when he was in college or – uh, I mean, I'll throw it back to UNC. I remember watching um, Tyler Hansborough. And not that he was an outstanding player, but I just really liked watching him play. Um, and I like I, like you said, you're not a Duke fan. I'm not really either. I'm a Villanova fan. But I can still respect great players when I see yeah. them. And he is he is definitely really good. Um, so I, whatever this issue is, hopefully he can get that figured out, especially for his future career, because um, if it's not something they can figure out, then NBA teams might take a second look at him and be like, eh, is it really worth it to use our first overall pick if he can't play half the time? Yeah, um, for sure. So, uh, in other college basketball news, uh, this was crazy. I told Nick about this right before the show started. Um, <laughs> so, Arkansas Pine Bluff played Iowa State last night. In the middle of the game, not at halftime, uh, not at the end of the game, in the middle of the game, Arkansas Pine Bluff calls a timeout. They come through the sideline. Coach has them line up on the baseline. And they ran sprints for the for the whole duration of the timeout. Um, coach came out and said they were just being lazy, you know, kind of. 
Iowa State was up. I, I believe it was like twenty. <laughs> I I don't know what the what the spread was at the time. That was the final score. I think they beat them by twenty. But yeah. Arkansas Pine Bluff has been one of those teams that they always get into the tournament. Uh, so they're definitely one of the best in the conference. And he just wasn't happy with their effort. And he said, you know what? If this is how we're gonna play, uh, we're gonna go out there and run sprints. So that's some Coach Carter shit. That is. <laughs> Like that, that reminded me of a uh, miracle um, when, you know, after the game or during the game, all the, the kids are sitting there talking about the girls up in the stands or whatever. And the game's over and they're like, they go to leave. He's like, nah, he's like, get on, get on line. And they just do freaking sprints all the time. <laughs> um, I've never, I never would have thought like, it would have been like kind of funny if they were like after the game, like coach was like, all right, no, like and did that. Like he did in the middle of the game. And I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, how, how bad do you have to be screwing up for your coach to be like, all right, we're doing sprints in the middle of the game. Mid game, and like you, you have to do like just demoralizing for your opponent to just sit there and watch you. Like, dude, what the hell are these guys doing? Yeah, like well, I didn't. Maybe look. That's what he was hoping for. Yeah, piss him off. But but I, I didn't look, and I, I'm I'm kind of hoping he made the bench do it too. Cause like that would suck if he's like, all right, all the starters get up there and do it, and the bench guys are just like, oh, that sucks. I like I'm I'm sure like a, a coach at that point, like if you're making your team run a sprint during the game, you're gonna make your bench guys do it too. Yeah. Um. But moving on, uh, the big game this weekend, Alabama uh, at Gonzaga, Saturday night. Um, really big weekend for Alabama sports. Um, hopefully they get two losses. Um, but Oof. that wraps up the news. Uh, we're going to move it on here with our, our picks, as always. Um, starting off with the NCAA picks, it's conference championship week. Uh, we, we got the, the Power Five conferences up here, as well as the American Conference. Starting it off Friday night. Uh, Oregon versus Utah in Las Vegas. Uh, I'll let you go first. No, I'm going to let you go first on this one. No, I, I got a whole speech planned. I need you to go first. A whole speech? Yeah. It's a, I, need, I need to get a pump-up speech. All right, fine. Then I'm keeping my short, Utah. I love you, buddy. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't blame you, uh, especially <laughs> the way the other week went. Um, yeah. But yeah. I said, I said I, this the other week. I will never pick against my team. Uh, I, don't, I don't care. Like, they could be 0-11 right now. I don't care. I will never pick against them. Yeah, that's I don't fine. Ha- I, don't I learned last time. Fool me yeah. once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Listen, I, I, I think the game is going to be a lot closer and for two I reasons. So. One, it's neutral site. You know, you don't have that atmosphere around you. And two, they're embarrassed. And, I, and you know, everybody now is written them off. Like, last week on College Game Day, everybody's like, yeah, I'm never picking Oregon again. Like, all this <laughs> other stuff. Um, so I think as a, as a team, they're embarrassed. But I expect them to come out and, and play with a fire under them. I said a speech. This isn't really a speech. It's just, just a That's rant. Fair. Just let um, it lose anyway. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Um, hey, at least we're in a conference championship game. Where's Penn State? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they're gonna have a fire under them. I'm picking Oregon. Um, like I said, th- I think this game is gonna go a lot closer. Um, tomorrow night though, I do want to announce I will be live streaming me watching the game on Twitch. Uh, I'll, I'll put everything up on our Twitter and our Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can come watch me just probably cry into my wings all night. Um, oh yeah, what kind of wings? Uh, so uh, we have it's called East Coast Wings and Grill. I, I know it's down here. I don't know where else in the country they are. It sounds busting. It, dude, it's all if respectfully it is. <laughs> they have. Oh, I just broke my pen. <laughs> they have. Um, it's uh, Cajun Ranch wings. Like it's Cajun sauce, toss them with some. It is so freaking good. I, yeah, I'm getting like 30 of them tomorrow. I'm just gonna sit there and watch the game, and and drink some some Bush Light. Please sponsor us, uh, and and, and watch the game. So yeah, that'll be on Twitch. You guys can uh, please stop by, say hi. My Twitter um, username is literally Bush Daddy. <laughs> it is. So, so is your your gamer tag. So is All my right. gamer tag. Mo- moving on, uh, Michigan versus Iowa for the Big Ten championship. Who you got? All right, so I'm kind of hoping that I can screw my second Big Ten team out of the college football playoffs with this one. Uh, I'm going Michigan. Um, I think they're a lot better on offense than what Iowa is and as good, if not better, than Iowa on defense. Um, Iowa has struggled to put up points uh, at pretty much all season, uh, and that defense is only going to be able to hold on so much. Yeah. Um. I'm picking Michigan too, but it, I mean, it was very hard for me to decide. Um, and like you said, like Michigan is clearly the better team on paper, but it always seems like whenever these two teams play, like Iowa is just 
poison for Michigan, and they always seem to either upset them or, you know, just everything for Michigan just doesn't go right when they play Iowa. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot closer than what people are saying. I think a Michigan is a 13, 11 or 13-point favorite right now. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to end like that. Uh, yeah, they're an 11-point favorite right now. Uh, I, I think Iowa keeps it close, but I do think Michigan wins the game. Uh, moving on, Alabama versus Georgia. Yeah, so uh, I was talking to you before we started today, and I couldn't make up my mind. Well, I ended up going with my initial gut pick, which is Georgia. Um, like I said, I was stuck on this because if Alabama comes out fast, Georgia's offense isn't made to keep up with with Alabama, um, especially you know because Alabama's got a solid defense too. Um, but I think Georgia's defense is going to take over this game. We've seen good defenses hold Alabama back a couple times this year. Um, and I, I think that Georgia is going to be able to move the ball well enough to to squeak out a win. Um, I'm imagining it's going to be low scoring, or at least for what you'd expect out of a Georgia-Alabama conference championship game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep, I have Georgia taking this one. Yeah, uh, I, I have Georgia too. Um, especially after watching Bama last week, I really don't know what's going on over there with their with their offense. Um, and Georgia defense, like that, that's a team where you you can't it just puts around and, and expect to be in it. Um, their yeah. defense is too good. Um, it takes their offense a little bit to get clicking. They really need to get that fixed. But um, yeah, I I think Georgia wins this one. I'm not saying it's gonna be a blowout. I I think it's gonna be a close game. Uh, it always yeah. is between these two. No Alabama's matter. first two drives on offense are going to be the most crucial drives of the game. Yeah, if Georgia can stop them from putting up points in their first two drives, I think they'll have it well in hand. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think the first drive goes three and out. I really do. Uh, the second drive, I think they drive a little bit. They maybe get a field goal range, maybe get a field goal, um, but I don't see them scoring a touchdown. Um, and then it's it's all up to Georgia's offense you know, and if they can get it to get it going early or if um, they're going to let Bama hang around. Cause if they let Bama hang around, uh, Alabama is just one of those teams that they always find a way to win no matter what. Um, so it, yeah, it, the first quarter is going to be crucial in that game. Uh, moving on Cincinnati versus Houston. Who do you got? Uh, I have Cincinnati on this one. Uh, I think they're, you know, everything's in their control right now. Uh, you know, they have their destiny in front of them and, all they got to do is win this game, and I, I think they go out and do that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. They've looked much better the past few weeks. Um, you know, Houston isn't a team to be taken lightly either. They have really turned that program around. Um, I think they're going to put up a fight. I don't see this being a cakewalk for Cincinnati, um, but I do think Cincinnati wins this. And it'll be interesting to see where the committee puts them then, uh, especially if Alabama loses. If they move them up to three, if they keep them at four, to keep them at four, they have a rematch against Georgia uh, from last year's Chick-fil-A Bowl. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch that. Uh, but moving on, uh, ACC championship game, Pitt versus Wake Forest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know we're on the same page with this one. And uh, I have Pitt. I'm all in. Um, Kenny Pickett, he's my man. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, to be honest with you, if there's a quarterback in this draft that I like, it's Kenny Pickett, or in this upcoming draft, I should say. It's Kenny Pickett, um, and I think he's, you know, Wake Forest has had a good season, um, and Pitt's usually one of those teams that isn't in contention, um, and I think they're they're going to go into this game uh, with a chip on their shoulder and get it done. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm taking Pitt, too. I, this is a battle, you know, like I said, I think like four four weeks ago, I would have put Sam Howell in the Heisman conversation. So this is a battle between two teams that – or two quarterbacks that could have been in the Heisman conversation. One of them should be in the Heisman conversation. I think Kenny Pickett absolutely deserves to win the Heisman this year. He's been the most consistent quarterback in all of college football, uh, more than C.J. Stroud, more than Blake Sims. Um, it, he's just not flashy with his legs or his play style and – Nobody really pays attention to him, and I think it's it's BS. Um, but yeah, I, I think Pitt goes out there Saturday night and they show 
or and Kenny Pickett especially shows Sam Sam how or Sam Hartman, excuse me, Sam Hartman, um, why you know he's a better quarterback. And I think Pitt as a whole is just a more consistent and better team. Uh, Wake Forest is really good at times. You know their offense can put up seventy points uh, within a blink of an eye, but they're just not consistent enough. And I think Pitt is. So I, I have Pitt winning this. Uh, and lastly, Baylor versus Oklahoma State for the Big Twelve title. Um, I have Oklahoma State for this one. Uh, this was another tough one. Um, these are two teams that I feel like had higher hopes for their seasons. Um, you know, obviously neither one of them had bad seasons or in the conference championship game. Um, but I think both these teams, uh, looking back through the season, you know, there's a few things they wish they would have done better. And I think Oklahoma State, uh, especially with recently beating Oklahoma and, you know, showing that they're the best team, you know, in the state that, they're they're definitely they got something to prove and they're gonna do it. Yeah, I think Oklahoma State has just gone through the agony, uh, excuse me, the agony of being so close so many times to getting into the playoffs or getting into the BCS championship game, but always letting Oklahoma be a thorn in their side, and they finally you know slayed Oklahoma, and I I don't think they're gonna rest on that now. They know what's in front of them, so they're gonna go out there and they're they're. It's going to be another close game. Baylor is a very good team. No disrespect to Baylor at all. But I do think Oklahoma State just goes out there and and shows why they deserve to be in the college football playoff this year. Uh, Moving on, we have our NFL picks. Uh, First up, we got the Chargers at the Bengals. Who do you have? Uh, I have the Bengals. Um, It didn't take much for me to decide this. Uh, I think that they've been catching a lot of momentum lately. and. Uh, I think that they're the better team, especially with the way the Chargers have um, played this year. I I think it'll be a lopsided game, uh, but I don't think it's going to be anything necessarily crazy. Uh, maybe like ten to fourteen points. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, I I think they just look like I said much more consistent. Uh, as of late, uh, the Chargers are way too sporadic. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Bengals. Uh, Ravens at Pittsburgh. Uh, I have Baltimore in this game. Uh, I just don't think Pitt has played well at all this year. Um, you know, they have some wins, but they tied the worst team in the league. Um, they have a fluke win against the Bears. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. This just... This, to me, seems like a get-right game for Baltimore. You have a divisional opponent who hasn't been playing well. Um, I, I think that if you were going to turn your season into what you're hoping your season would be, this is the game to do it. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore, too. Um, I think their offense is just too much for Pitt's defense. Pitt's defense is down T.J. Watt as well. Um, and their offense just does not look good at all anymore. So, yeah, I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, Giants at Dolphins. Um, I have the Giants in this one. Uh, this is kind of a a game of teams who aren't quite with the rest of their division. Um, I personally, last year and this year included, have been a little high on the Giants, um, even though they're divisional opponents. Uh, I've spoken about it before. Um, mm-hmm. I love Danny Dimes. I love the way he plays. Uh, Saquon's back. He hasn't been having the season he wishes to have. Um, and while Miami's defense can be tough, uh, I, I think that New York does a great job of utilizing the talent that they have and finding mismatches, and their defense is pretty good, too. So I, I don't, with Miami's offense uh, not necessarily being one of the most consistent in the league, I think New York pulls this off. Uh, I'm going with Miami. I think they've just looked a lot better here lately. Uh, they got some big wins. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Dolphins. Uh, I think... Not that two is starting to turn a corner, but he's at least finding a little bit of a rhythm, and I I think it's just more than what the Giants have going for him right now. So yeah. I'm gonna take the Dolphins. I can see it. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a close game. Yeah, um, should be fun to watch Sunday. Uh, yeah. moving on, San Francisco at Seattle. Who do you got? Uh, I have San Francisco win this. Um, they've. You know, it, they beat the Rams, but they've also lost to less talented teams. Um, so I'm kind of scared about picking them this game. Uh, but Seattle has just been 
awful lately. Um, yeah. They, uh, I believe it's the first time they've lost five games in a row um, in uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Pete Carroll era. Um, a lot of people are thinking it's the downfall of Seattle. So I guess we'll see when the season comes to an end. But as far as this game goes, I got San Fran. I'm going with San Francisco. Uh, like you, like you, or like you said, Seattle just has looked terrible lately. Um, Seattle is very inconsistent to start the year, but they've been much more consistent the past few weeks. Um, they're they're trying to push for a wild card spot. Uh, you know, possibly even a division. Seeing how it shakes out with the Rams and the Cardinals, but uh, yeah, I'm going San Fran. Sunday night game, Denver at KC. Who do you got? Uh, I I'm not sure if this is. Uh, necessarily a debate, um, but I have Kansas City. Uh, they've been picking up some steam. Um, haven't looked perfect yet, in my opinion, um, but they're getting ready to go against the Denver team, who's been struggling lately. Um, like I said, they've been they've been picking up steam. They've been finding their rhythm. Um, I, I think Kansas is going to run away with this one, probably early. Yeah, uh, I, I think Kansas City is just going to be too much for Denver. They've looked a lot better the last few weeks. I think they keep that going, um, and it's at home. It's it's Arrowhead's always a tough place to play, so I think this is going to be all Kansas City. Uh, and Monday night game, New England at Buffalo. Who you got? I have New England winning this game. Um, I think that Buffalo is just too inconsistent. Um, something's going on in there. Uh, I don't know if it's Josh Allen. I don't know. You know, I I I don't know what's going on, but they just. They've shown spurts of the team everybody thought they were going to be, and they've shown spurts of being the Bills that most people know and love. Um, so I, I, with that inconsistency, uh, especially with the way that the Patriots have been playing lately, um, even though it is in Buffalo, Bill Belichick knows how to, you know, he's used to playing when it's cold. Uh, Mac Jones, I'm sure he wasn't used to it in college, but I'm sure now he's probably used to playing in the cold. Um, and those two together have uh, have looked a little familiar in New England, if I if I must say. Yeah, um, definitely. I, we're gonna, we're gonna get to that comment on Tuesday, um, just because I have so much I want to say about that, um, <laughs> and, and the Bill Belichick system and Tom Brady and Mac Jones. Um, but like I said, that's 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 for another day. Yeah. I I'm taking the Patriots as well. I think they've just looked so good the last few weeks, and I think the Bills last week they finally got it together. I think they're ready to make a playoff run. Uh, I think at this point they're going to end up in the wild card. And I think New England's going to uh, – they're just too good right now. And I think they're going to end up winning the division. Um, so that wraps up our predictions. I'm going to give you five quick bets really quick, uh, as I always do. Um, Baylor, Oklahoma State, the over-under is 46.5. I'm taking the over all day. Uh, I'm taking Iowa at minus 11 – or sorry, Iowa plus 11. Um, I think, like I said, that's just going to be a closer game than that. Uh, I'm taking the pit money line. They're favored by three right now. I'm just taking the outright money line. Uh, San Diego State is only favored by six against Utah State in the Mountain West Championship. Uh, San Diego State's much better than that. Uh, take them minus six all day. And Georgia-Bama, the over-under is 49.5. I'm going to take the under. I, I think it's just two really good defenses, and it's not going to be a lot of scoring. I am taking the week off for betting. I got too mad last week <laughs> fair enough all right uh our debate tonight no top five uh we're just going to do a quick debate here on uh the team that we think is a favorite in each conference to win um nick why don't you go ahead with the afc and your predictions all right afc we were just talking about them uh i think the team to beat is the new england patriots um uh, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that that would be the case um i probably would, well i don't know i don't know if i would have doubted you because uh, Bill Belichick and his white QBs, he loves them. Um, but no, this team has been hot recently. Uh, and like I had just talked about, you know, it, it looks a little familiar. And I think come playoff time, um, that's going to be a very dangerous team. Uh, and especially the AFC, quite honestly, this year has been the weaker conference. Um, but do not let that take away from how good the Patriots are. Uh, my AFC right. pick, I'm going to go with the Pats, too. Uh, like you said, I think they're just they, – they've got it on a roll now. Um, I think it's going to come down to them or the Bills in the AFC. I don't 
as of right now, see any other team competing on the same level that they are. Um, like I said, I think the Bills are starting to turn it around here. Uh, but I, I think the Patriots might have the edge at the end of the day. Like I said, I think it's going to be those two. If it lines up perfectly that they play out in the AFC Championship game, I think it happens. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know what the playoff format looks like and stuff. But, yeah, it comes down to those two teams, and I, I think the Pats are going to win. Uh, switching over. It's going to be a nice preview this week. Absolutely. And I think they play right at the end of the season, too. Um, yeah. I think so. Uh, up to, uh, over to you. NFC pick. Who do you got? My NFC pick is the Cardinals. Um, I was high on this team at the beginning of the season. Not quite as high as I should have been. And then I got real high on this team. And then Kyler Murray got injured and, you know, they lost a game or two. And I got I, I came back down, and then, uh, quite honestly, the last couple of weeks, um, you know, watching Colt McCoy step in and how the team operated, even without uh, Hopkins, um, I, I think that that is the most dangerous team in the NFC. Um, and, and there's some there's some good teams in the NFC, uh, but but I think one this offense is tough when everybody's on the field, and two. Defense is solid. Um, they do a good enough job to, for the most part, to keep you know to keep teams behind the high-powered offense. Yeah, um, I really want to pick the Cardinals because uh, like I have a lot of faith in what they're doing down there. It's just, I think I'm gonna go with the Packers, and I know what's gonna happen is the Packers are gonna play the Cardinals in the championship game, and the Packers are gonna get, do something stupid and lose, um, like they do every year. It seems like. Um, I I think the Cardinals are definitely a better team than what the Packers are. The Packers are just really inconsistent lately. I know they had a lot of injuries and you know people getting COVID stuff like that. But I mean they did play each other. The Packers won. I mean I'm I'm sure when they play again, that one is it's probably ended up being in Lambeau. Especially you know if it's those two, the Packers will hold the the tiebreaker. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go Packers. Um, that's my prediction. I think the Packers are gonna win. And as as a Bears fan, that hurts to say, but at the end of the day, like I I can't deny like how good they are. So, yeah, I'm 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 taking the Packers to win. I think I think the runner up. The I think the uh the NFC Championship game is going to be Packers Cardinals. I just I uh, one I don't know how well that team's gonna adapt to the cold, and two, like I said, they've already played. This is Aaron Rodgers' last or possible last year in Green Bay. I think that the team just goes all out for him, and unless Matt Lafleur does something really, really stupid like he did last year, like you know, not going for it on fourth and goal, um, I, I think they're not win. putting the ball in the best quarterback in the league's hand. Yeah, but I, I, you, you can't fix stupid. You know, maybe I should take the Cardinals just because, like I said, you can't fix stupid, and Matt Lafleur is pretty <laughs> stupid. But uh, I, th- I think it's Packers. Packers Patriots Super Bowl is going to be. Super boring, um, just because one, I, a lot of fans don't want to see the pack or the the Patriots there, and two, I don't like the Packers, but I I can't help but pick them right now. Um, I but- want to see the Patriots there, honestly. Actually, I was talking about it with the boys in the group chat the other night. Um, we were talking about how Bill Belichick was gonna go eight for eight with Super Bowls, um, with Mac Jones, just so Mac could have more than Tom Brady, and then Belichick was gonna retire. Honestly, the Super Bowl I think I'd love to see the most, and I know they played already this year, but I want to see the Pats play the Bucks, and like just for for a ring, like for the Super Bowl, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. All right, but uh, that that wraps up our show tonight. Uh, like I said, uh, live stream tomorrow night to uh to watch the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, more details will be posted about that on Twitter and Instagram, so please come check that out. Uh. We, we're going to talk and about maybe doing one Sunday with the selection show uh, to see who gets into the playoffs. Uh, again, if we decide to do that, we'll post more about that. So keep your eyes peeled to the social medias. Um, but as always, thank you guys for checking us out. Have a great weekend. This has been Nick. And George. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you. Have a good weekend, guys. Who's got internet that's never lagging? 
groceries do their own bagging. Who's got hair worth extra bragging? With pants that aren't too sagging. They only put up with a little nagging. Who's hotter than a fire-breathing dragon? Jack Wagon.